Gaming NBS, episode 160, coming to you Tuesday, October 10th, 2017. Welcome to Gaming NBS, the tabletop RPG podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Glad to have you all aboard once again. Whoo! Whoo! Been a week, man. I'll tell you that. It has been a week. Indeed. A little, uh, a little bit of work stress on my side. How about you? You, uh, I, I hear that you've got the pins out. Is this true? I am hardware free. Hardware free. Do you? Did you keep the pins? I did not. I wish I. I kind of wish I did. And then a couple of people were like, "Dude, should have kept them." And I'm like, "I don't want to remember them." But they oh. were freaking long. What, like six inches? Uh, no, not that long. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, well, it had to be at least as wide as your hand, right? I'm trying to. Th- I don't have like a ruler in front of me, and I'm always bad at like. Well, let me think. Grid squares, right? Um, five by. F- <laughs> five foot steps. There's probably th- at least three or four of them. But you don't have the uh, no more pins in the hand and no more boot on the foot, right? That's right. No shoe. No weird shoe that had me walking on my heel. So I can wear it to protect my kind of the wound on my toe. But if I can wear a, ro- a regular shoe without, you know, having that rub against my wound on my toe, that's that's fine. That the break is kind of it's going to do its thing. But yeah, my my hand's swollen a little bit. I'm trying to do exercises. It's kind of stiff, but they couldn't get out one pin. So you still have one in well, there? Well, they got it out. The nurse practitioner, though, I mean, she's trying to move. I mean, she's pulling a pin out of like like a nail out of a Bone. two by four. Yeah, she, so you need like a claw hammer and a two by. <laughs> you need a two by four next to it to get a little extra leverage. So that's what you need to do. So she got some reinforcements and had a, another nurse come in, maybe a little that's little awesome. more muscle and uh, a little little more brawn. Pulled that sucker right out, man. Foop. I was like, whoa! I'll tell you. I'll tell you though. The uh, the cool thing is, you are essentially healed up and won't have to walk funny, and not be able to use your hand that well for Game Hulkon, which is coming up in shit like weeks at this point. Game Hulkon is damn near upon us, so you should be yeah, at least in the 80th percentile of health by that point. So that's good. Yeah, I should be relatively fine at that point. I would hope. I mean, I went for a walk today. A walk that was further than around my complex walking my dog or walking to my car parked across the parking lot. Actually, well, that's good. Three miles, I think, and I'll probably pay for that tomorrow. But Hey, it's it, once you're finally mobile like that, it's hard not to want to like push yourself a little bit. So, Well, it's – so when I went in there this past week, I was like, you know, what if they say no? Like what if the pins don't come out? What if they say you got to wear the shoe for another two weeks? Morally, it would have been crushing. That's that was the big thing for me. Like, I just I don't know if I can put up with this crap for another two weeks, and I didn't have to. Luckily, you're tougher. You're tougher than that. You're good. I gotta say though, you know, I don't smoke. I have, but and I I drink on occasion, but I haven't drank a lot. Like I've literally had probably in the last since the accident, I probably had a total of like three beers. 
Which means at GameholeCon during the free beer event, Sean is going to be wasted. Oh, my God. My tolerance will be gone. <laughs> we'll give him, like, hey, Sean, would you like a third uh, beer? Uh, yeah. How many beers has he oh, had? Great. Like half of one? Half. <laughs> half a beer. Um, but having Ugh. said that, it's it's uh, it probably didn't hurt with my healing is what I'm getting at. They'll probably did not. You know, I mean, I'm I'm gonna get, I think I'm going to do yoga, man. I'm gonna get I in. Do I'm, something. I'm gonna get in weird yoga paint, like real short shorts. And my wife's always like, "Guys, don't guys see, in I yoga, don't. like they just don't wear the right attire." I will. Like I don't want. You my, will. I don't, I don't want. I don't want my junk hanging out. And you know, most of the times, I, I haven't been to yoga, but I gotta say, uh, for my wife, a majority of the attendees are women, and so I don't want to go in there like big slobby, gross guy. Instead, you're gonna wear pants tight enough so we can tell your religion. <laughs> That's what that. your plan is. That what your plan no, is? Oh, dude, I wear I wear my uh, regular shorts and I'll work like I wear like spandex things underneath. So it's like, all right, yeah, I will be oh, oh. appropriate attire. <laughs> I but I, think, I don't think I need this. Is this is digressing badly? Let's move on to something. But else. I want to I want to get into. I kind of want to do yoga because I'm I'm worried about my quality of life, man. I'm old and I fucking my back hurts and I just I don't want to be sixty or fifty. And a fucking mess. So I'm I and martial arts, Brett. I know you do that. I did that for a while. I mean, one shot to my ribs and I'm done. I'm just not 20 years old anymore. So you're sweet in the gut. Is that what I'm hearing? If I'm gonna take a shot, it's gonna be in the gut. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Be, I don't Body believe. Take I don't out. believe oh, one of our patron levels is is sparring. Although we could do that. I think Brett would take me. He's been doing it longer. But I, in my prime. Eh. Anyway. We gotta get the sumo suits. Then it's a level playing field. That's, that's what. Yeah, that's what we gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see here. Gaming related fun stuff. Let's see. This is October eighth when we're recording. So it's one, two, basically three and a half weeks till GameholeCon. Hopefully, um, if you're listening to this and you're gonna make it there, you will be able to stop by the table, see Sean and I. I think we got some other cool folks coming. Pretty sure Hobbs will be there. Chris Steele. I'm thinking Sneezak from Mr. Mark is still planning to be there. So you like Kurtz? Be some really cool people. You like Hertz? Absolutely. Voice actor. I'm gonna get his autograph. That's a good idea. Too bad uh, you, didn't, you should get the boot back on so we could sign your cast. I should I should cute. hire him to do some shit for us. Like, hey, man, I need you to do, like, uh, in a world. I wonder if he can do what that. We should do is hire him to do, like, the show because he would sound better than <laughs> we do. That would be great. Like, hey, we'll, we'll just, just, yeah, we'll record it, but you have to re-record it. Yeah, just overdub. That's right. what we need you That's to do. That's right. And, of course, speaking of conventions, Evercon. Um, that little glorious thing is coming up this January. I know January is a ways off, but holy shit, November is going to be here and GameholeCon. So we're looking at uh, Friday, January 5th, 6th, and 7th are the uh, three-day con. 35 bucks if you get uh, your badges uh, early. So get in there, pre-reg, do your thing. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at EverCon in January as well. You should do a uh, tune let's... that's uh, similar to Everlong. EverCon. You know, no. Um, sure, I'm sure you won't get sued. <laughs> Probably not. Foo Fighters. Rock. How did uh, how did our uh, gamers versus Harvey? Do Holy that? shit balls! So I made our donation today from our our um st- our donations and and earnings patronage for the month of September. 
the month of September. Um, we had donated three hundred and eighty-three bucks to the Houston Food Bank. Um, or yeah, Houston Food Bank, and then the rest of the individuals that were included in that, and it's still the tal- the total is still coming in. But if my numbers are correct, um, right now with one donor that just got back to me today, we will be at $895. Holy crap. Yes. So somebody almost bested us um, in, in donations. But, yeah, if you have any questions on what I'm talking about, um, a few episodes ago um, we were going to donate a bunch of money to – the Houston Food Bank to uh, people that were affected by Harvey and they can spend it the way they want. And we have a website, which is at www.gamersfeedhouston.com for participating podcasts. So we thank all of our podcast partners that were involved in that. Just head over to that website and you'll see who was there. Drink, Spin, Run, Hobbs and Friends. She's a super geek. Closet Gamer. As a gamer, um, there's another one in there playing and slaying. Uh, who else is on there? I think I, I think that's all. Tabletop game talk. Tabletop game tabletop talk. Game yes, talk. Chris and the Steel. Wild Eye and the Wild Eye podcast. Yes, I always think there's like five, and then there's always like three more. I, I just have them all <laughs> out of order. So, yeah, thanks everybody who has participated. Man, I I would I would do the same thing for Puerto Rico, but I I don't even know. I don't know if it would even help. Like, it's such a fiasco down there. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't even know. See, when we did the Houston thing, we did a little research to find out where would be a good place. I, I don't know where to yeah. send it for Puerto Rico. If somebody has a legitimate something or other, pass it by. Sean and I send it to us. Maybe we could do something. I just don't even know where the hell to send it. I'd, I'm terrified that I would send money to the wrong place, essentially, and do absolutely no good. Yeah. And I know um, Roberto, um, who is down there, uh, he's a friend uh, on Facebook, and he's he's provided updates, and, and literally it's like night and day down there. It's like there's pockets of everything is fine, and then there's pockets of post-apocalyptic I mean, it's crazy. Like, I just, I mean, it's unbelievable that we're in the 21st century and, you know, everything's kind of, I mean, my understanding is there's a lot of shit holed up in one one part of the island down there. I don't know. But he's given updates where, which is nice because you're not getting it from third party or is it really that bad? Is it not that bad? And it's a freaking mess. So... Well, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Seriously, though, if anybody does find a decent place or the best place to donate to try to help them, we would be more than happy to do the same thing we did for uh, the Harvey thing and do it again. But for Puerto Rico, we just don't know what to do or where to put where to put our money. So somebody can help us find that out. That would be awesome. Right. But, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I think that's it for announcements that I know of. Yeah, let's random encounter it up, All dude. All right, random encounter. Random encounter. All right. Feedback from episode 159. We've got a few. A few. We've got one from Brian Ross, um, Crim Fan. Uh, let's see, Blake and Ed. 
And well, I'll tell you what, let me start off. I'll uh, I'll kick it in with Brian. All right. So and, you uh, gotta you gotta read Brian's in kind of a snarky, um, kind of a know it all voice. So you gotta kind of come across like a know it all, but you really don't. So you just want me to read it like a sound? Is that what you're asking me to do? Brian's in my game group, so. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right, Brian Ross, gentleman and scholar, despite Sean's statements. Um, Brian says group dynamics would be an interesting topic. How about players not playing their characters per the stats? Love when the intelligence eight or wisdom eight characters come up with brilliant tactics. Shout out to Jimmy for playing a dumb character to a T. Um, he continues, uh, good session, looking at the old Greyhawks 2E campaign material, and there is a, a lot of good storylines and vast background of NPCs and conflicts. I'm thinking of starting an adventure pre-Greyhawk Wars and then giving players an option to quote-unquote retire as a noble professional or company officer and then allow new characters, part of the company or something, to participate uh, in the post-Greyhawk adventures. Lots of studying and development, but I think the idea could be developed into a long-term campaign with plenty of adventure options. I, I really like that idea. I love, Sean and I have talked about this before, that concept, and we, um, again, episode 159, it just Probably does indeed require a bit of work, as Mr. Ross states, but I think it could be pretty damn rewarding. Yeah, every once in a while, he comes up with a good idea. But man, you know, now we can put it in re, you know audio form and have it live on for all the other things that he doesn't come up with. Good God, <laughs> Sean! Sean, you got any problems getting players in your group? I, I don't know, Brett. Why well, seems that way? What's the problem? I don't know, Sean. Brian, I, I love down. I love Brian. He's in my game group, man. We ribbing is like part of the situation. I'm surprised he didn't put something in there. I'm sure the next comment he puts in there, he's gonna like. It's gonna go right for the throat. Yeah, he'll probably kill me. Um, over to, co- over to you, continuing sir. Continuing on, Crim fan. Sean was really onto something regarding the age of worms and APs more generally. What'd you say? <laughs> Sometimes, man, it's crazy. APs seem to be quite the rage these days, clearly with Watsi's near continuous release of them. I suspect that they worked better for them commercially, but wow, can they really feel annoying and burdensome to me as both player and game master. They are too long and often too scripted for my taste like a double album or a six-plus book mega series, They're pretty much guaranteed to have a lot of filler. I've done the pass-off GMing in the same world a few times. It's got some ups, but potential for downs. I find that you have to have some seriously good boundaries when you're either the player or GM. I did a rather episodic game many years ago that had multiple GMs. That was, uh, that was designed from day one, to be episodic and have a light sci-fi slash horror movie tone. Example of an adversary was a motorcycle-riding old woman named Marge, later revealed to be a suit of skin possessed by a colony of alien insects. And another villain had a barge full of alien crawdads he wanted to dump in the Mississippi. Anyways, I've also done it a few times where I had a player temporarily GM in my campaign when I couldn't run. Laryngitis, finishing a dissertation... It's important that the guest GM doesn't introduce anything too world-altering in the game. I've also done something with an AP that got very bogged down at points. We were playing Scales of War. Part of it was the AP itself. Others were the personalities and some quote-unquote backseat GMing happening from time to time, hence boundaries. Communication, communication, 
communication. Well, that's okay, but it can, it too can get burdensome if there's too much of it or it starts feeling forced. I had a GM give me a bubble sheet survey once after a session. That's too much. And Holy crap. That's, a, that's, that's funny. Who is that GM? I don't know. That's fucking funny. Hilarious. <laughs> As to keeping a campaign alive, one thing I found is that rotation helps a lot, along with all the pacing things you guys mentioned, such as player contribution and sourcing the table by the GM. So run for a while, develop some ideas, play them out, but plan to stop before burnout sets in and let someone else take the reins, ideally in their own campaign. I've kept the campaign alive since 1999. (laughs) Albeit with substantial pauses at times, I must be doing something right, at least with that group. Yeah, that's pretty good. That is, that's quite impressive. And uh, the bubble surface still got me laughing. That's that's what I want to do. Bubble surveys? Yeah, we need to talk about that. All right. All right. So back over to G plus Blake Ryan states back in 95. That's 1995 for anybody um, <laughs> who's old, who's uh, at least in their thirties or forties. Um, my Greyhawk game had gone flat. So I emerged in my game, Greyhawk and shadow world uh, role master setting because the PCs were different species. They were chosen as ambassadors to the new lands. The characters enjoyed the changing of style and reveled in such a fresh batch of allies and enemies. Edward Nagy continues on with a comment there as well, saying, "I've given the players temporary characters, either bad guys, so they could get to, <clears throat> excuse me, so they could get behind the curtain a little, or other good guys that could see another part of the world or story. Hence, uh, excuse me, once the temp characters got to rescue, the, once the temp characters even got to rescue the main group, uh, this meant the players were invested in. Afterwards, the party had new NPCs that they care about. Another possibility is bringing in a mini game. Maybe this is the time for a night of mass combat or jousting." Or vehicle races, etc. Something in uh, something in world, but with significantly different mechanics. Good stuff, guys. Enjoyed the episode as always. You know, Edwin, that's a really good point. We had talked about mass combat and all that stuff in a number of episodes back, and that is yet another thing to do, right? You can change the campaign up from a flavor perspective by having it be that mini game. That's something different, still within the same world, but the scope and approach is totally different, which could absolutely keep things live just by shaking it up a bit. Sean, your turn. Michael Parker poses a question. Hey, Brett and Sean, wondering if either of you have uh, dabbled in play-by-post RPGs, MUDs, and other text-based role-playing. If so, it may be an interesting new topic, show topic for you. I'd love to hear your take on the subject. I have done play-by-post. Have you done anything like that? I have. I have. Uh, I haven't. I didn't play for... See, that's kind of relative, right? A long time in play-by-post could be like two months. And like from the beginning of that to the end of that two months, very little could happen because it's very slow-paced. But yes, I have. So it wasn't like for a full campaign, but I have been involved with play-by-post. And then I tried to run one myself, which uh, was uh, eventually a failure Tisk tisk. But I'll well, tell you what, though this this sounds like a topic. That's what it tells me here. So, Mr. Parker, that's going on the list. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Michael. You read the next one. That one was small. All right. Hal Burdick. So Hal wrote us a while back. Ironically enough, I believe his submission was one of the ones that got kind of 
thrown in with all the spam that came from the website. Um, his was dated, ironically enough, August 12th, which will go down in my life uh, in infamy. <laughs> <'Cause that's>... So <laughs> when, he, when he was typing that up, I was running into a car. Uh, hi, Gaming and BS. I am a game designer with a new game called Dice Endangered Dragon's Lair that I would like you to check out and possibly review. Uh, the game is designed for kids. I think of it as the candy land of RPG gaming. I remember when my hands trembled with excitement when I opened Matchbox City on Christmas morning when I was a kid. I loved playing with that toy and the cars that went with it. My true love was not cars, though. It was the game. I would find on the shelves of K&K Toys on one random summer day, Dungeons and Dragons. I bought the game immediately and read every word of the basic rulebook, including descriptions of every monster that very night. I can only imagine the tremors my hands would have shook if I'd had Dice and Danger under my tree instead of Matchbox City. The beautiful artwork illustrated by Joel Rose captures the heart of what makes Dungeons & Dragons so cool. Scary monsters, rich treasures, and fun adventures. The game itself is also a training tool for kids that would like a game like Dungeons & Dragons, but aren't quite old enough for the intricacies of all the rules that the game requires. A few years back when my youngest nephew was struggling with his reading, he fell in with fell in love with playing D&D but couldn't read the rules. I wrote Atlas Kings for him, an easy-to-read, easy-to-play version of D20 OGL that he mastered. His first adventure was called The Stolen Ruby, and I was a player in it, and I truly had fun. Not just fun playing a game with my nephew, I had gamer fun, the fun that keeps me playing games even as I advance into middle age. My nephew now plays real D&D and is great at it. I would hate to think we might have lost the tabletop gamer to the video game world just because he couldn't read the rules. We didn't. Crisis averted. The nefarious plan for Dice and Danger is to introduce young gamers to the notion of adventuring, beating monsters, and gaining treasure. It's a short step for them uh, to then start thinking of what it would be like to go off-board and have an adventure outside the parameters of Dice and Danger Dragon's Lair. Atlas Kings would be the next logical step. The last step would be the graduation of 5e, Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, RuneQuest, or whatever other game tickles their fancy. Attached is a J- uh, JPEG of the board, examples of the treasure cards, and a couple of class cards. Note that I don't think we got the artwork. I don't think it came through because I don't think you can attach stuff on the uh, on the website through the, the what we have. Regardless, though. Uh, the reason is to keep the uh, the reason is to keep the learning leaps small, like Jodie Foster and Contact baby steps. Here's the hope. Here's hoping you like what you see and want to further our nefarious goal. Best Hal Burdick Invader Films. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I like I like what you're saying there, Hal. That sounds really really cool. And apologies that we lost this in the shuffle between. Um, the spam incident we had on the website and Sean smashing into a car, which kind of slowed down some of our stuff as well. Yeah. So, Sean, should we just have Hal send it to us at gamingbs at gmail dot com? Is that yeah. the better way to do it? I think he sent. I think he went to our website and there's a contact form and he filled that out with this text and sent it, which comes to our email. But if you want to send attachments or even just communicate with us directly, where there isn't that website form, then just email gamingbs at gmail dot com. And we'll get that and, and take a look and offer some feedback. Um, 
and let us know like how the timeline is coming and you know what that looks like heck you might even have it out by now i don't know yeah exactly because sean's a slack ass and even bother to look at your ouch man so seriously though just in general every once in a while um sean and i've had stuff sent to us saying hey guys would you like to take a look at this or whatever generally speaking it doesn't happen that often and someone will say, hey, could you read this or what do you think? And we do our best to try to respond either privately. If you email us, then we should respond to you over email or whatever. If you'd like it to, if you'd like to like talk about it or something along those lines, maybe we could figure out a way to get you on the show and, and chat through ideas and so on and so forth. It's something that we haven't done a lot of as uh, from like a show perspective. So not that we're not open to it. We're just not, we just haven't done it before. So anyway. Yeah. I think we're good, man. Shall we move on? All right, on? let's move on to main topic. All right, Brett, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> well, Sean, we're gonna we're gonna put you on the couch. I was on the couch last like, a while back, so I should I should probably lean back then. Should probably lean back, light up that cigarette you've been waiting to smoke. Um, anyway. So Sean and I have been talking off the mics, and Sean's been saying, I really want to run a game because... It's going to be the worst with, episode uh, ever. <laughs> it's going to be the worst episode ever. Sean, you want to run a game? Yes. What are you going to run? I it, don't know. Who it, you want to play? I don't know. It depends. It depends. <laughs> so this is kind of goofy because I've had this conversation that Sean and I have had. He and I have had this conversation oh, boy. off the mics for like three or four years now. That we've known each other, where I'm like, yeah, I'd really like to do something with this. Really? What What do you want to do with it or whatever? And I thought, you know what? Let's just kind of talk about it here. And um, let's just see what we can. Let's see if we can help Sean. Sean needs a hand. <laughs> oh, God. Do I ever. So, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do I need help? So, Sean, are you looking, when you're thinking about this, what's um, what's making you want to run? Are you just haven't run for a while, or the game you're in sucks and the Game Master's terrible and no. you got to do something better? The game no? I okay. am in does not suck. <laughs> Doc, your game is fine. Crystal, of your, game, your games are great. Uh, I said that in obviously tongue firmly yes, planted. Yes, of course. Cheap because I want... he's, got two, he's got two great Game Masters, so I'm not worried about yes, that. Yes, I have to defend my Game Masters. Because if they were really crappy, I probably wouldn't be in their games, honestly. Yeah, I no, mean, you wouldn't. I mean, I <laughs> I've known you get, long enough; you'd have found an excuse. I would just like, hey, I got yoga on Tuesday nights. I can't show up anymore. Yeah, the spandex riding up. Sorry, I can't make it to the game. <laughs> Moving on. I gotta wear fancy shorts. Um, gotta roll out my yoga mat. Uh, so, why do you want what? What's what's got you itching to do this? Because I run. I've run before, and I like running games. I like, um, and and that is a comprehensive answer because I like. I like creating, I don't know if it's creating the world. I like playing the non-player characters. I like to see players kind of tackle different problems and get through that. And the adventure and the excitement and my bad guys smashing their player characters' faces in, you know, (laughs) TPKs. Yeah, it's all great fun. When was the last time you ran a game? Oh, the last time I ran a game would have been with you and Kev and Jimmy uh, Wayne, I think was, was that was the Star Wars game. Yeah, Wayne wasn't in that one. No, Wayne w- came in after he, he when did. I ran uh, Trail. Yeah, it was the Star so Wars game? game. Yeah, yeah, that was a long fucking time ago, dude. Yes, it has been a long. Well, 
So if you don't count con games, that would have been the last game campaign I would have ran. Yeah, I mean, we're talking campaign here, I think, more than just a con games for this discussion don't count. Yeah, I got, let me see. I think I have, I have recordings. I must have moved them because they were on my desktop and I, I had those recordings. And I could tell you the date that I recorded them, but I don't see them on there. Well, so tell I, you what. So I think it was 2015. Probably, yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. So what are you thinking of running? You got, I know you love Eberron, and you've got a whole bunch of crap. Is there something that's jumping out to you that you're like, what, hey, I have to do this? What day is it? <laughs> well, what, it's Sunday. What, what hour of the day? <laughs> <laughs> what have I got here? I got 7.56 p.m. Central Time. You know, I'm leaning to, I'm leaning to fifth edition. I don't know why, but I, I am, you know, I, I know this may be a little bit TMI. But I have a man cave, believe it or not. That's where we're, I'm recording out of. You know, it's my domain. Like, my wife has no influence on this area of the house. Like, this is hands off. She gets the rest of the house to dick around with. And yeah, I, I've got my, I'm in, I'm in the same room in my house. <laughs> and I have my own bathroom. And my bathroom, I mean, my RPG books is not far from my bathroom. So every time I go in there, I'm like, oh, let's see. I got to take some marine material in there. <laughs> So I'm always grabbing an RPG book. So, and then what happens is, so I have a bookshelf that's closed because I have animals and, and you don't want animals gnawing on your RPG books. Just saying. That would be bad. So I take the book out of the bookshelf. So I don't always put it back in because I'm always reading it like, you know, when I go into the bathroom. <laughs> nice. I know you guys are loving wow, this story. This went, this went bad. This went worse. Than oh, there's went. people yeah. listening to this. Like, dude, totally. Re- I could totally relate, man. So what do you got? Like a stack of books so, that you just parse through? I do. I have not a stack, but I have usually at least one or two that are like sitting on a on a like a like my desk, and I'll just grab, and then I'll you know whatever. So I have Star Trek, Modif- Modifius, Star Trek uh, okay. Adventures, um. Which I've just read, Character Generation, which is really interesting. If you aren't familiar with that, we should probably talk about that game or get somebody that really knows what the hell about it's about. Because I think it's interesting. Character Generation is similar to the old Star Trek FASA. So you would like, you know, Starfleet Academy, you know, what discipline do you go into? And then you get different points for what you're going into. And So okay. it's cool. Anyways, I digress. Uh, Eberron, I've got an Eberron book out, and then I also have uh, Tales from the Loop. So you basically, I mean, I had, the, the reason I'm playing, I'm going to kick off my Warhammer campaign this month with my crew is because when I was trying to think of the next game to run or whatever, I found myself drawn back to, oh boy, I haven't run this in a while. I'd be parsing through the rule book. I'd pick up an adventure, pick up a splat book, or, you know, start looking through that. Um, and then I'm like, I just that was the game system I kept coming back to. That was one of the reasons why I'm like, well, it's time to run a D, uh, DCC campaign because I keep picking up DCC books and looking at them, and it just became the de facto. If I'm going to read a chapter of something while I'm waiting for the you know waiting for my laundry laundry to get done or something, and I would pick out DCC, and now it's Warhammer more than anything else. So it sounds like you're in a similar boat where Five E has just been the has that been the bigger draw for you? If you're going to pick up one of those books, you just grab 5e? Yeah, I'm really kind of leaning towards uh, Tomb of Annihilation because it's the latest adventure path. A lot of people are playing it. Um, there is a port over to Eberron 
which I'm a big fan of um, as far as campaign settings go. Somebody did a pretty decent uh, rundown of Tomb of Annihilation and, and using Eberron components in that, which I, okay. which appeals to me. Um, You're I, looking at a published setting, published adventure. Yeah. And I also have some of the Eberron adventures that I'm looking at and considering. Noble Knight, I was just down there the other day, and I their computers were down. And uh, they called me back with, like, I listed, like, three out of their database, and they're sending them. I think I duped one by accident. Oops. Yeah. Well, it's five bucks, so it's not like I'm paying 30. Um, but I might have two of one module. Anyways, so I'm a big fan of Eberron. I'm, I'm kind of torn. I'd love to do homebrew, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I could sit down and, and map out good stuff for the players and keep them engaged enough without – overworking myself overtaxing me well see well i think that's in that is an important piece right because one of the things i'm doing and we'll talk about it next episode you know spoiler uh is that i'll be talking about why i why i'm kind of sticking with the warhammer one of the cool parts about warhammer for me is the settings and some of the pre-published information is good to pull stuff out of especially when you don't have um if you're short on time We've talked about this before, published versus non-published adventures, whatever. So that makes sense. And the cool thing is if you've got a port to a setting like Eberron that you really dig and you don't want to play Greyhawk or Realms or something like that, you want to do something a little bit different, that makes sense. That's cool. And I should stipulate, and I think I might have mentioned this maybe in episodes long past, because you do pre-published does not always mean that it is easier, faster, less time consuming because I know there are some people that will do homebrew and they're like, Oh dude, I do homebrew. I do 30 minutes of prep and I'm good to go, which is easy because it's in their brain. So, you know, they can just take a couple of notes like, all right, plot, uh, you know, overall plot, uh, baddie, uh, a couple encounters. Here's what this comes down to. How, how does, how does Sean's brain work? Right. If this is, if this is the way for you to go, because it doesn't, it would actually tax me more to, to read for D and D to read the whole goddamn adventure, right? Than to do what I'm doing for Warhammer, which I'll talk about next next episode. But yeah, no, I I get it. It kind of comes down to how does Sean prep and what is the easiest thing for you. And you already have pretty damn good knowledge of Eberron, so you already have a lot of that backlog in your brain. I think the I think there's I think there's a confusion with me in prep. And creativity. See, because I think oh, I think there's two different things going on here in Sean's brain, which is this very scary place to be. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen part of it. It does indeed frighten me. Carry on. Yeah. Luckily, it's still inside my freaking skull. Yeah, um, I, am, I, I got it. I got to say, just one more time. I am still very happy that you're alive. Hey. So thank you. So, anyways. <laughs> Um, but so going back to that, and that may be a thing too, like that may be when we talk about prep, this may be a whole nother topic, Brett, when talking to people, I don't have time to prep. So I, I do pre-published, but is it really the time to prep or is it just you not being able to come up with ideas or a plot line or the, you know, cause I think that's what pre-published really does give you. I don't think it's any quicker. I think it's just, you read it. And go, oh, okay, great, I got it. And it's all there. Whereas if I'm not doing pre-published, then I got to come up with a lot of that stuff. 
So whether no, I get it, yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're both they're both tied to time, but I think we're confusing matters when it's it's like where you where do you want to spend the time? Yes, creating material or implementing material. Correct, I would agree. Spoken so. like a true project manager. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You want to try? You want to buy or build? Uh, exactly. Uh, it's going to cost what cost for? It's going to cost well, you more good, time but... or money or. <laughs> Look, it's a three-legged stool. It's time, money. Right. <laughs> anyway, so cool. We're looking at a 5e game, Eberron-ish. Okay, cool. Now, are you looking to run this in person or online? Do you have a preference or does it not matter to you? Uh, I would I would love to run this in person, but I think that I think the way to go is going to be online. Is that kind of goofy? I'm, you know, if you look back, even as short as five six years ago i don't i mean online was still a thing clearly people were running games five years ago online or even 10 years ago but that wouldn't have even crossed my mind as an actual question to be like oh how do i get the group together yeah physically and now and now it's like no it's totally legit i could play online that's an absolutely legitimate approach yeah we tried rp rp tools a while ago and we did skype and it did okay and this was before roll 20 this was before any virtual tabletop was really mainstream and yeah, it was okay. So if you, if you choose to go online, are you doing it simply because that's the easiest way? I mean, like, so let's say you're kind enough and I can actually make the damn game and like, Hey Brett, you could play. I live an hour from you. That's right. right. <laughs> one, one way. So it would be a hell of a lot easier for Brett. Um, if I didn't have to drive an hour one way. And we could play whenever after work or whatever the case is. Is that the main thrust for you wanting to do that? Just ease of scheduling and such? Yeah, total scheduling and convenience. So I don't mind driving across town because Madison's not that big. Uh, rush hour can be a pain in the ass. But, I mean, I work for an employer where, like, hey, Tuesdays I'm boogieing at 4.30 so I can get to game night by 5.30 or 6. You know, I work for a big boss, a big boy company where they, they're like, oh, you're a big boy, you can take care of yourself. Um, not that other companies aren't like that, but, um, no, I mean, we've all worked those places where like, no, it's nine to five. Right. If you leave early, I've even been in the quote unquote professional world where people are supposed to allow for freedom of movement and whatnot, where you just can't. Yeah. And some people can't like, you gotta be on the phones or there's phone coverage or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Orders or deadlines. Um, but anyway, well, this is, I mean, but it's, it's coming it's, home. Like you come home, you know, you're going to be home at a certain time. You know, it's going to kick off at a particular time and you can just fire up the computer, assuming all the technology works and you're done. And everybody else can kind of schedule their shit around. They would do that for a uh, face to face game anyways, but well, there's no travel. Well, the travel is to get to their house. So they're going to go home. It's just at a, they're not going home after the game. They're going home when they typically would get home. And then they're firing up the computer. Kevin, I know, worked from, I mean, he played from work, so he didn't even have to go home. Yep. Um, so I think it's just more, and I think that the voice and the video components, face-to-face is great, but it's not. it's not as bad as it ever was. No, it's actually pretty decent. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, after running uh, Streets of Avalon and playing at Avanti with Emily running, um, 
that's in running with you guys online. I mean, we ran the finale of my trailer Cthulhu in person because that was fun to do. Right. And we played the entire Star Wars game online and right. it worked out great. Yeah. So, cool. Well, okay. and then there's like, you know, you can put your characters into, into the system if you want. So there's dynamic dice rolling and, um, files can be stored. I mean, all that can be done face to face as well, but I don't know. I, so I, I think it's going to be online. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. So how many people are you looking to have? You're going to have like a, a dozen? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the lottery. Um, the lottery? So I think I think a sweet spot is uh, five maybe. So the reason I say five is because if I get four players that are consistent all the time, that's great because I think, like we've mentioned this before, if you go, hey, I want my game group to be three – and one person's gone, that is a big chunk. Y'all right? fucked. Like, That's right. a third. <laughs> right. So the more you have, I mean, you got 10 people and half make it, you can still play. Like half your group is gone and it's not a problem. So I think it's going to be five, six would be maybe too much, but it depends. Like maybe you, I get one person who's like going to flake knowingly, right? Like, hey, I might be able to make it every once in a while. I could say, well, I still want you in the group or whatever. We'll work around it. Or it's temporary. Temporary. Like, hey, I'm not going to be there. Well, I got a shift time. change this month. I'm working, right. I'm working late or something. You could have that. Right. And then it's I'll like tell you what, November, if, everything's fine. Great. Yep. That's another I'll tell you concern. what. I, I have, I, I've done, um, I've done the larger groups. I've talked about that before. I've had as many as 13 in a vampire game back in the day. And I have grown to like the smaller group. I mean, my group is much smaller now where I only have like eight people playing in my regular game at home. But even then, in some of the sub games I run or I'm playing in, there's four players, five players, tops. And um, it's really kind of cool. I mean, a lot of things get done, and I, I think it works out really well. And honestly, online, I think it is even harder to keep large groups engaged online, I would think. I haven't done it yet, but it feels like anything past six might be kind of sketchy online. I don't know. There's but some maybe maybe that's just me. There's some that won't even let you get past a certain number, I'm sure. Huh. Okay. I'm yeah, sure roll twenty you can't have ten people on there. I gotta think there's a limit. Probably. Right. So, so four four no, I, you do- four I think would be ideal. As long as I could get like four players consistently. I think that's the key because if it starts dipping, where one person can't keeps flaking all the time, then it's then it's going to because then you're dealing with like three people. No, I totally get it. Absolutely. So yeah, you, how when you when you do this the old after work thing, it's goofy to me until I played with you and then run with um, Chris Nizak and the rest of the uh, folks for Streets of Avalon and such. The podcast um, all-stars. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Wednesday evening podcast all-stars. Wednesday yeah, evening podcast all-stars. Yeah, that's, that was the name Chris dubbed us. It was kind of fun. Are they recording? Is Emily running now? Yep. She, we're just wrapping up the uh, Vanti stuff. So so is that going to be that recorded be. as an AP? It was recorded as an AP. Yeah, it just needs to get finished and published. I see. So It's okay. editing. It's in editing. So, so that's coming. It's in editing. Right, it better be. The editor, the edit, the Chris is hot on that. No, Chris and Emily are actually splitting editing duties. So, oh, 
So Emily, Emily's part of she's a super geek. She knows how to edit quite well. So I'm not oh, too worried sure. about it. It'll be it'll be great. Anywho, Anywho, so when you do, how long do you usually game? The reason I ask is because when I game face to face with my group once a month, and we start at five o'clock and go to like eleven midnight or whatever, you know, five, six, seven hours isn't unheard of. Um, used to be able to game a hell of a lot longer, but we're all older and get tired. <laughs> How long do you usually like to run your sessions for? So I would like to probably start no later than 7 p.m. Central Time, and then I would probably want to stop around the 10 o'clock hour. So a three-hour solid session would be good. I'd love to do four, but I think that's pushing it. And I don't want to go too late because then – I mean, people want to tuck in their kids. If they've got kids, they they may want to wind down after a little bit of gaming. I, I know some people, like the game hole guys, they start at like, they put their kids down, go to the game hole, play. Okay. Until like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And then get up wow. and work the next day. Yeah. Whoo. I don't think I could pull that off. And they're leaving. Like, they're not, I mean, Alex is probably the closest one located to that place. Otherwise, they all got to drive like a couple miles at least, a few miles. Damn. So you're looking to do this like every week or every other week? It's going to be every other week because I am. Um, I have a certain amount of time credit that I cannot exceed. <laughs> well, in, you've got well, the other pieces too. If you. If you did it like every week, then you'd be cramming so much gaming into. I mean, granted, like it'd be a great problem to have, right? Right. Oh no, I have to game all the time. Oh, it sucks. But there's there's other shit that has to get done, and people we need to pay attention to, and things that need to be done. Yes. So Sean is kind of had at one time. Hey, I'm gaming once a week. Great. And it took me a while to get there. Like establish that line of credit. <laughs> it does. You got to build it up. It's like trying to buy your first house. It takes a while. You, you can't. Know? You cannot be person with no credit and go and get a mortgage. It's just not going to happen. You got to go out and get a little goofy oh, car loan or a little little cash loan and pay that back so they can show that you're responsible. A little different different scenario, of course. But got it. I got okay. I got the game in once a week, and I've gotten away from that. So now it's kind of having to go back to. Yeah, I'm going every do, other week. Going to do every week. Got it. Right. Well, with one group, I game, and then with one group, yes, I right. got gotcha. right, right. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So are you now? So Sean, here's the big. What's that? What's what's stopping you from doing this? You've been talking about it for a while. Nothing. Why? Why have you not engaged? Why have you not engaged? Because I don't what's have all you? the answers. I don't have all the answers, Brett. What answers do you need? No, what I are just, you missing? I, gotta, I just got to start. I, I, frankly, I've been just meaning to get online and go. Okay, hey. Because I think I got to find out one if the people that I w- would have as players are available, and then if they're not, find out who is. You know what's it, what's actually interesting is this reminds me of uh, the guy I teach martial arts uh, with and for. It's his school, and I I assist with uh, teaching kids and adults and such. And Tad Radel always says that when we get a new white belt in, <clears throat> they're in for four classes. They earn their white belt talk to the kids and like, do you know what the hardest part about martial arts is? And everyone who's been there long enough goes starting. Yes. Starting is the hardest freaking part because it's getting that first 
had a steam going and getting it started. I have, I've done, I've been guilty of this myself. Like, Oh yeah, I've got this really cool Pendragon idea or I have this other really cool thing and it sits and sits and sits. And, uh, I, I honestly think that starting is indeed the hardest part. You know, when you look at it, you go, Oh, I've got this and all this stuff lined up. Do you know who you want to play or is that still part of the problem too? Uh, no, I think I know, I think I know who... Is this, is this an all-call, is this a call for anybody who wants to play insurance game? Is that what we're doing right now? We're holding open auditions starting (laughs) in a couple weeks, and... I come uh, with my own conductor's hat, can I play? Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Um, so I have, I mean, of course I'm going to get, see if the band wants to get together, but I don't know if Jim is going to be available, or Cthulhu, or you... And then, and then if you play, I got to lay down a complete, I mean, I got to write out an entire book of rules. Like, hey, you can't shoot Star Wars laser beams. Yes, you can. In an arcing motion. You can can use the ship's guns to shoot people. This is the thing. You know, I really want to do the yes and thing. But when Brett's in my group, I just, I don't, I got to just draw the fucking line. So let me let me ask you this. So it uh, uh, let me see. I don't want to ask this. So are you set on five E? Are you still kind of waffling? I mean, are you going to go out there to the group and say, "Hey, I'm going to run five E, and that's what I want to do"? Who's in? Or are you going to say, "I could run this," unless everybody wants to play Star Wars? I'll do that again. Well, that's a good. See, that's another <laughs> part of this. This, this, this is the, this is the whole. It, it's hard to start, right? You know, how do you? You go out there, hey, I want to run this thing, and the band says, oh, I'd like to do that, except could it please be gangbusters? Can we do that instead? You know, I read, I've been talking to Mark Conti. He does a really good gangbusters game. Maybe well, we that's do that. the fucking problem, Brett. That's all this <laughs> bullshit that we got to consider where that's – I mean, I could just lay down the law and say that's the deal. And if somebody's like, well, when, do you, when are you going to do – I mean, here's one way we could really nip this in the bud, right? Yeah. I could – going to your questions and posing this, this could be a 30-second show. Right. If I just said, well, here's the deal, Brett, I'm going to run 5E. It's going to be Tomb of Annihilation. I'm going to run it on Tuesdays starting next week, Tuesday, and run it every other week. And we're going to start at 7 o'clock Central Time. We're going to end at 10 o'clock Central Time. And I say, Brett, are you in or not? And it's going to be, that's what it is. No no home rules. It's going to be 5E. Are you in or not? No. There you go. All right. Have a nice day. Go to the next one. You in? Nope. All right. Go to the next one. Then I post on a forum. Here is the deal. And then I get, you know, five, six, ten people maybe interested. Being optimistic there, of course. <laughs> but that but that's it. They show up like, oh, yep, done. Right? But if I want to be sensitive to other people's feelings, like Brett, like first off, it'd be a, first off, it'd be a new thing for Sean. <laughs> oh, it's something I'm dealing with with my new outlook on life. I'm trying I'm trying to be a different person. Well, you, Sean did almost die, so therefore he did. I had a moment. So I could say, hey, guys. So that's the thing, right? You could say, well, I want to play with these people. And because I want to play with these people, then their opinion matters. <laughs> <laughs> jokes you have to say. Sorry, it, I try to keep that face as straight as possible. I'll tell you what, though, that is one of the reasons why, um, with my home group, I want to play with those people. Right. And because of that, I know that there's certain stuff that I'm like, well, you know, um, 
a number of them will try. Well, shit, they'll try just about any game. I mean, I after I got done with my DCC campaign, JR said, "Eh, if you play it again, I don't, I don't really care for it." All right, so it's not that I can't run DCC for that group again. It's just John wouldn't play. If I want John to play, I need to do something different. Right, and scheduling too. I mean, I've got a game <clears throat> initially. I was going to play on the twenty eighth of this month, but it turns out a couple guys that I want to be there, or I mean, I want everybody I can to be there, but it turned out. Two people were sketchy on the 28th, better on the 21st. Uh, even though the 21st is not quite what Brett wanted, that's okay. I'll shuffle a few things in my end because it makes sense for most people, causes the least amount of harm. And I, <laughs> it is interesting because you can get a group, especially a group you've played with for years, and uh, if they're open to trying new games, great. But there is that, you know, hey, we're going to try something new or I want to play D&D. And it's like, oh, I played D&D last time. And you're really, really hip on it, you know. It, it, it that's a tough. It's well, <laughs> it's goofy, but you're yeah. th- these are your fr- these are friends, right? These are not like I mean, to be one if you go on a forum and say, "Look, I'm going to run this," and some people sign up, and it's not that they can't become non-gamer friends or friends outside of this or whatever, but you could be like, "Yeah, I'm going to run this," and you know, Hobbs says, "Yeah, sure, I'll play," and Brett says he'll play, and then three other people you don't even know say they'll play, and that's fine. But if you do have a group you want to play with, then in the back of your head, you're like, do they want to play 5e? Or is it just Sean that wants to play 5e? What if they want to play this other game? So you're thinking of holding your ground on this it's one? or my, you, or you my just my sandbox, Brett. My sandbox. <laughs> you're just going to waffle, aren't you? Well, you're not so, going to do this. So part, out. <laughs> so part of all this like freaking bullshitting around kind of plays into that. Like I could be easily swayed to go, Hey, I really want to play that Star Trek game. I'd be like, "All right." Or, "Hey, I really want to do Tales from the Loop." And I I mean, it wouldn't take much for me to go cuz I'm not like I got to play this and I want to run this. That's the deal. I could so- I could easily easily be swayed. And another thing that I'm considering is even if I play and and run pre-published part of me also wants to kind of sit down and do I know this is going to sound pedantic i think i'm using that word in the right context but i may do a survey of the players to like get their feedback on what they want to play how they want to play it how important is this how important is that because i've never done that in a formal basis and i would love to do it kind of anonymously so that nobody has to put their name on it and you know get butt hurt over something ridiculous but be very upfront and honest so I could read that and go, okay, so if I run a game, here is what's important to some of the, all the players that are in it, which, you know, I, I want to make it a better experience for the players, which I haven't, I guess, I, in a previous life, I, I really, really didn't do that as much. Again. No, I get I'm trying to be a better guy, Brad. I don't, I don't know, man. It must be that therapy's working out. <laughs> I do get that though, and that that is like I said with my group. I've been with them for over twenty years, and there's the the upside of that is I know what's important to ninety percent of them. Every once in a while, something will come out, and like, oh, you know what? I can see why Jr. is not having fun here. Oh, I get why Zave's frustrated or Alpha is this that or the other thing. I'm not doing this particular thing for him. I'll hit that hard. This next two sessions, everything will be all right with the world. That communication, communication, communication thing up front. There's no. I think what you're thinking to do there makes sense i would rather 
if I were you, my preference would be like, hey, I want to play with some people I know who I know are at least fun to game with. So let's see if we can get that band together. And if so, I have started doing it with my group where I say, look, up next, I have these three options. I'm thinking running this, this or that. I'm kind of leaning over here. Does anybody feel any way strongly that they don't like it or would rather do something different? And uh, we have at sometimes played the thing that I was leaning least strongly towards, but it was still something I wanted to do. So I've never, I've never purposely thrown out a game like I fucking hate this game, but I'll put it out there anyway because that's just stupid. So if you said, you know, five E, you know, Tomb of Annihilation, uh, Star Trek, either whatever, or Tales from the Loop, three drastically different games. I'd throw Star Wars um, in there too. Oh, Star Wars too. So you've got four options. That's, yeah. I mean, that's fucking cool. And then you say, well, this is what we want to do. Vote. You know, you put in the Google Plus community, vote, 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 vote. And then once you know what the game is, then it's easier probably to craft those those questions to the group saying, hey, we figured out who could play, when they can play. We've chosen the game. Now we're going to be playing Tales from the Loop. Is there something that you want to make sure is in or you want to make sure is out? Kind of the almost, a you know, that lines and veils pre X cardi discussion, whatever you want to do. But even if it's just like, look, Hey, what, what do you like? I really like to make sure my character has a lot of growth. Great. I want to be able to kill stuff and take, you know, kill things and take their stuff. Good to know, you know, cause you can accommodate that in all of those. Right. You know, you could, you could totally do that. So I think that makes sense. I like that approach actually, because that way you get to, if you want to be very, you know, like, Hey, this is what I'm going to run or whatever. And you may turn to your usual group and you may get people that want to do it. Eh, sure. Why not? You know, I guess I like playing with Sean. Sure. I'll play 5e. Even though I'm playing 5e and six other games. Sure. I'll keep fucking playing that. You know, well, we now know what Brett's opinion is. (laughs) No, I love 5e. I'd play that. Um, Or somebody, but I do know (laughs) somebody Brett knows. I do know. I I mean, I was running a game a while back with Kev uh, with my home group and Kevin's like, we talked about a couple of things, and he said, "You know what? I've played a lot of Five E recently. I'd really rather not." And half the rest of the table, went, yeah, that's a good point. Let's do, let's play something different. So, I mean, that, that's a legitimate thing to ask. Yeah. If you're if you're just going to throw it out there to like randos, if you will, on a you know on a roll twenty community or something, then I would go with the whole. This is who I am. This is what I'm running. This is when. This is how many players. Are you in or are you out? You know. But if it's going to be with people you like, I think, and if you've got four games you think are potentially on the table that you would run with the same amount of exuberance doesn't hurt to give them the option. Yeah. I know my buddy Lenny gives me shit. He's like, you give us too many choices. You, you, you're a DM man. You should just do it. I'm like, well, I, well, I want a little bit of, I want some fucking buy-in too, because if I force yeah. something down your throat, you know, and half of you can't stand it. Yeah. You know, I do agree that too many choices can lead to analysis paralysis, but at the same time, you're right. You got to have a little bit of buy-in. So I think there's a good balance there. I mean, I have. I like running Amber Diceless, but I'll tell you right now, if I run Amber Diceless for my group, I've done it a couple times. Half I will lose half my group if I do it again because half of them don't fucking like it at all. Well, so like the world didn't like the setting, didn't like the game. So if I want to get rid of half my group, well, that's there, a good way to do it. There you go. It's a solution for one one result. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's one problem. 
Yeah, so it'll it'll be kicking off soon. Now, my my other problem that I'm facing that I know we need to move on from, but uh, we're entering like holiday season, which totally just kills everything. So once I even get like, all right, cool, let's start. And then all of a sudden November hits and then December and then we're like, oh, I can't play that week because I'm out on, I'm out with the family and I got holidays and all of a sudden blah, blah, blah. And it's like just shit. Yeah. So you're almost like, okay, fuck it. I'll just start in January. Right. And then, then the January comes and it's like, well, shit, man. I don't, I don't know. It's winter. Yeah. It's winter. <laughs> I'm going to wait till spring. I don't know. No, I mean, some yeah, stupid you're ass. online. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. But honestly, though, I mean, it, it that does make sense. There are – it is difficult to start a large campaign with a new group or a group that hasn't played played in a while and say, hey, let's get together. We're going to start right after Gamehole Con, and immediately after that will be, you know, U.S. Thanksgiving, and shortly after well, be, that will be – Well, a hunter guy, so Brett's going to go out. Brett's got to go out in the woods, and, you know, and then – Yeah. Yeah, and then he's got to go up shit. north, and then I don't have internet. And, oh, shit. I do have internet up north, actually. You do, yeah. I do. I know. But anyway, no, I, yeah, I mean, it's timing is everything. The other component, too, is that one of the things I've tried to do over the years is end the campaign before the holidays hit, right. kind of wrap it up in October-ish, just because at that point, then I'm kind of free for the next couple of months. But okay. So you think you're going to, what, where are you leaning? Are you going to go after, see if you can get the right crew? Yeah. Try the uh, hand-picked team first, and if that doesn't work, then you're just going to go out to the masses and see who's foolish enough to sign on? That's right. I'll go with the franchise players, and then uh, maybe open it up to, to free agents, and then uh, maybe the, the, the draft. <laughs> After that, I'll just be begging on the streets. <laughs> just be hanging out at Pegasus. I'll run a game. All I need is a soda. Run a game for coffee. Come on, man. Just need to roll some dice, man. The word, the word would be, at that point, I'd be like, the word's out. Nobody wants to play with me. Oh. oh. And it's, so if, if, by, if by the time January rolls around, Sean still isn't running a game, we'll have some kind of an intervention for you and, and pick you back up. You'll be fine. I'll have to re, re, like, have to recoup my, uh, my uh, reputation, man. I don't know. All right. So the reason, so just to wrap this up, the reason I wanted to to talk about this on the show today was because kind of in, in the same vein of when I went through the, Hey, this is the episode a few back where I said, Hey, this is where I fucked up in the last couple of games. I think it's worth noting that we all have really good ideas and we all want to like, Hey, I want to start running a game. Sean, I've been doing this for quite some time, you know, years and years and years and years. I just started and... yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> But just, I mean, I've never played a role playing have, game. I mean, <laughs> I've done a podcast. And I've never run a role playing game. It actually feels like that when you play with them. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I like that. That's damn. Way to, way to get on. some humor in there, Brett. But I think it, it's interesting. Not interesting, but it is. Well, yeah, it is interesting to note that even even Sean and Brett. No, everybody at some point, like, hey, I really want to do a thing, and I want to start. You know. And sometimes figure out where to start and how to start is not necessarily the easiest. There is a plethora in this golden age of gaming where you can game online, you can game in person. Sean could go to any one of the gaming shops in town and run a game in person there. There's a ton of different things to do and options to do it. And sometimes you need to actually sit down, sort out what it is that you really want to do and go after that. I mean, I, I think if Sean wants to do the, 
his uh, the approach of, look, you know, go with the franchise players first. I want to go with a known quantity. After that, I'll reach out to some other people if that doesn't pan out. And then maybe at the very end of it, you know, you have dice will game. Maybe I'll grab those people type of thing, right? Yeah, you'll find people. And then I'll ask my that. mom. Last resort is ask, <laughs> ask my mom, ask my mom. sister, my wife, and in-laws. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> can't be that bad, can it? I don't know. Anyway, man. I'm just it's one of those pieces where if other people um out there in their in our listenership, if anybody's, you know, how do you start this stuff? You know, what do you do when you do you go through the same type of question discussion points? Do you do it internally? Do you talk this over with your group when you guys want to choose something new or you want to get the band back together? You know, how do you do it? What do you do? I'm just kind of uh I think it's interesting and these stories are are uh, are good to share with the community at large because just so people see that it's not it's not always easy, right? Sean knows a shit ton of people and uh, time and busyness and interest and all that shit is a factor. And it, it plays into actually being able to engage in the hobby that we all know and love. So, and it's like referring, and it's like referring them to a job, you know, (laughs) but she may not want to play with them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. We've all got a couple of those people who are like, wow, I really like this guy. He's great at helping me mow my lawn. I don't ever want to game with that guy. He's a hell of a roofer. Please, God, don't put him any dice in front of him. Oh, he's great with computers. Don't put him anywhere near me. Oh, she's awesome, except for this. Yeah. We call that fit. Fit, yes. <laughs> it's got to be the right fit. All right, let's move on. Daryl. Right. All right, Brett, lead us off, man. Yeah, I got a couple this week. Um, this has been making the rounds. We mentioned it a while back, but Frank Mensner's Imperia setting for 10 RPG systems. That Kickstarter is out and live. 10? As of this week. 10 systems. Like Count them 10. Short step and Frank. Short step and there's Frank. More, there's, only, there's more than 10 out there. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> As of October 8th, 2017, I looked. I think he's got like 35 days left in that Kickstarter. So that thing is still out and about. I am toying with backing it. I don't know if I want to. I like Frank. I like what he does, but I just don't know. Thinking about it. Sean, have you thought about it? Any interest in it? No. Don't want to talk about it? Mm, I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I don't care about talking about it. I just, it doesn't interest me. Doesn't interest you? All no, right. I don't know. I'm not sure why. Okay. It's one of those things like, hey, there's another fantasy role-playing game. Hey, let's, you know, buy this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really need another one. What's the setting, though? Yeah, I don't really need another setting. I love settings. I would actually, I would prefer to collect settings over RPG books themselves, like rule books. So that's what's got me more interested than anything else, is the setting. I can see that. I like settings. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at, like, what, you you have Midnight and so on and so forth, they're all different components and itches that are scratched by said settings. So, anyway. Yeah. Moving on, the next one I had was 10 alleged top secret bases that officially don't exist. This is one of those things for your uh, conspiracy game, your mage game, your Delta Green game, and whatnot. Link in the show notes. There's some pretty cool stuff out there. I mean, it talk, it's got the one which I think a lot of people have heard of is the, like, I think it's like secret air bases underneath Denver International Airport. Oh, and- that's, that's, oh, that's, <laughs> that's a conspiracy thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, but just because it's a conspiracy thing doesn't mean it's not freaking gameable, man. Oh, no, so totally. That's get where that. I'm coming from. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely gameable. Yeah. That's the point. Well, yeah. Sean, man. your turn. All right. 
Uh, Star Trek Adventures Quick Start Guide is free and includes an adventure. So you can head over to Modifius. We'll have a link in the show notes. So if you're interested in the Star Trek uh, Adventures game, you want to fork over the big bucks for the um, game book right away, you download that and check out the adventure as well. Uh, number two, Evil Hat Productions lists a thread of resources on Twitter. So for those that are interested in fate, um, Evil Hat said, hey, here's some of the things you'll want to know and you can check into to get into fate, the role-playing game. Uh, and last one, Samurai Class is coming to Zan- uh, Xanathar's Guide, uh, Xanthar's Guide, Xanathar, Xanathar, whatever, Guide to Everything, which is coming out. At Game Wolcon. It is being released at Game Wolcon, and then probably later in November. Um, yes. But they have a video of Mike Merles talking about the samurai. That was kind of interesting. So, yeah. if you're, It's a fighter with a bastard sword wearing banded armor. Next. It's just stupid. Sorry. Aggravates me. Says a guy who's like a black belt in Taekwondo. Like, what the hell? Yes. It's a fighter, man. You don't need a special class to make a samurai out of Samurai is completely different, man. It's it's total honor. Well, that's true. It's like a paladin then. Uh, they're not holy. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I win. Oh, I, I won. Okay. Yay. I'll let, you, I'll let you have that one. Carry All on. Right. All right. Uh, I want to thank Mumfrey999 for the review on iTunes. Uh, thanks, Mumfrey. I'm going to read it because I think it's pretty good. Ready, Brett? Ready. Brett and Sean take a topic, and we get to learn from Brett's mistakes and Sean's triumphs. Oh, his, his, I, I can see why we want to read this. His loud. words, man. I'm just saying. Don't kill the messenger. Gaming styles and systems are discussed, and much useful info comes out of these two. Out of these two, going over past games, reader mail, and convention recaps, and the state of gaming today. Great chemistry here. Well, so very, very gracious, especially the part about uh, much useful info. Well, that's very nice. Yeah. It, I'm just like Brett's mistakes and Sean's triumphs. I mean, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mumfrey999. The fact that anybody takes the time to write us or put a review in is just awesome. And thank you all very much for for that. Even when you guys call BS on us, it's you're listening and you're uh, interacting, so it's really, really cool. Thank you all very much. That's right. Uh, what are we talking about next week, Brett? Next week, we're going to talk about my Warhammer campaign, Warhammer First Edition RPG. We're going to talk about that. So it's not a tell us about your character episode. No, it's to tell you about my campaign episode. That's right. So the idea is a couple people have uh, talked to us, off both Sean and I, um, either on G Plus, email, and so on, saying, hey, it'd be kind of interesting to see how you put something together. What do you do? How do you piece it together? So it's kind of a, hey, this is where I started from conceptually and where I'm building it towards the style of play I'm expecting out of the group and how I'm hoping to achieve that through the uh, build of the campaign. So the the super rock group known as Brett's Game Group, are they <laughs> allowed to listen to that episode, Brett? Or are they going to get ah, some? They, they, won't, they won't know what's coming no matter what. It'll be fine. Oh. They can listen. They can listen to it. You know what you can do, Brett? Is... It, 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 it won't help them. They can listen to it. It's <laughs> not going to help them. That's a, at, at a point. I like, that. <laughs> I like that a lot, Brett. 
Maniacal laugh. Insert maniacal laugh here. There it is. Good. There we go. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brad. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming NBS brought to you with the help from the following patrons. Christian Sexy Boy Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Jeff Rademacher, Forrest Aguirre, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Knights of the Night Crew, Palladian, Remy Billodeau, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Tim Shorts, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, The Lost Sailor, Graham Miner, Todd McGowan, Roger Brassett, Mr. Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Jim Fitzpatrick, Michael Drescher, Wiz Static, Alexander Auerbach, Rodrigo Beowulf, Neil Benson, Ron Blessing, Chris Steele, Eric the Hoff Hoffman, Soldiers of Misfortune RPG, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Gordon Cranford, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Evan Harrison Cass, Ray Otis, Mark CMG Clover, Eli Kurtz, Ron Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, Matt Stark, John Hammersley, The Closet Gamer, John Steve, Jared Rasher. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you could support the show for an entire month. Consider heading over to GamingNBS.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, patrons. Thanks, friends. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.